Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Marty Harding, and welcome back to another episode of Animation and Beyond. Yes, and on this episode, we're gonna talk about Henry Selleck in honor of his new movie, Wendell and Wilde. Yes, and Henry Selleck is a big name in not only animation, but in a certain genre of films in general. Spookier, kind of drier, and um, more macabre films, uh, to use a big word. But he is a legend for sure, and we're going to talk about him and some of his co-producers who worked on this new film, Wendell and Wild, that looks really, really good. It comes out on October 28th. So we're recording this on a Monday. It's coming out this Friday when this episode will air. Yeah, and it's coming out on Netflix three days before Halloween. Perfect timing, because it looks like it's going to be kind of a creepy film, huh? Yeah. Then again, I think that's the point. So before we get into that, we're going to do a song feature also related to Halloween, because Halloween is only seven days away. Yeah, just a week from now. Just a week. So our song feature is a spooky tune from another spooky classic movie. Which is one of the films Henry Selleck did. Yes. Let me play a clip of it. Boys and girls of every age, would you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see this our town of Halloween. It's called... This is Halloween from The Night Before Christmas. That's right. And this is probably, I would say, the most famous song from that very famous movie, huh? Yeah, I agree. The opening song. And what purpose does this song serve in that movie? Talking about about Halloween and how it's a spooky holiday and it's weird, but they're not evil. Yeah, it's kind of introducing us to the weird but not evil residents of Halloween Town. It's setting the scene for a movie that has really dark undertones, but that also is full of pretty rich characters who, you know, take a lot from their home town of Halloween Town. Yeah, that's right. It's also very, very catchy, right? This is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 So it captures the, you know, those minor notes that you so often find in scary songs. That's right. So this song was written by Danny Elfman, who's kind of a hotshot producer. And also, fun fact, Ezra, I don't know if you know this, but he led a band called Oingo Boingo for a long time. In addition to producing music for other animated films and non-animated Films, including Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Alice in Wonderland, Dumbo. And Danny Elfman did music for Mr. Peabody and Sherman and Meet the Robinsons and the animated film of The Grinch. All right. All right. I think he's also done stuff for The Simpsons. Music like the the theme song for The Simpsons. Yeah. Yeah. So he's he's got a huge repertoire. He's a really creative guy. So he was a great fit for this soundtrack. He also did music for like. Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands, directed by Tim Burton. And those fall right in there with the creepy film genre, don't they? So in 2015, Danny Elfman actually won the Disney Legend Award for all of his contributions in music to Disney movies. And he also won the Max Steiner Film Music Achievement Award just recently in 2017. So he is a multi-time award recipient. 
So what else about Danny or what else about the song? This is Halloween. It introduces the the star of the movie, Jack Skellington. It does. And what is he doing in the opening song? He shows up and he's the pumpkin king. Indeed. I think that, too, this song kind of mimics the opening chorus songs of Disney movies that we've seen. Yeah. Like we talked about in Frozen and we talked about in Tangled. Yeah. And Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. The Lion King. The Lion King. Yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, chorus songs are a great way to introduce the concept and the tone of the film. I know. And this is a particularly catchy one, I would say. Yeah, me too. Cool. All right, so let's move on to our feature presentation. Because while we love A Nightmare Before Christmas, we have talked about it a lot. And now it's got to move over and make room for a new animated stop motion Halloween film. Yeah, Wendell and Wild. Wendell and Wild. What's this movie about, Ezra? Two scheming demon brothers who enlist the aid of a 13-year-old girl to summon them in the land of the living. That's right. And it's based on an unpublished book written by Henry Selleck. Now, Henry Selleck has a massive repertoire of films that he has worked on. He also worked for Leica, he worked for Pixar, and he's worked for Disney, among other companies. Am I missing? Do any come to mind for you, Ezra? The defunct Skellington Productions. Oh, yeah. And wasn't that something of his creation? Yes, it was founded by Henry Selick and Tim Burton. They also partly did the Nickelodeon show Kablam! from 1996. Right, right. And Henry Selick and Tim Burton partnered on a lot of projects. Also, like Cabin Boy is a film that they did. Yep. And didn't Henry Selleck work on A Nightmare Before Christmas, too? Yes, he did. And also James and the Giant Peach, based on Roald Dahl's classic novel. Cool. So they must have gotten along really well. They have similar dark humor and dark character ideas, and both are very established in that genre. I would say Henry Selleck has also worked several times with the director Wes Anderson on some more adult films. Yeah, I know. Interesting. But this new movie, Wendell and Wild, is directed by not only Henry Selleck, but also Jordan Peele. Yeah, that's right. Henry Selleck, I know. I want to tell you about some of the early things he did before the big things he did. Okay. He was an animator for Disney on films and featurettes such, such as The Fox and the Hound. The Black Cauldron, The Great Mouse Detective, feature films he did. He also did short featurettes such as The Small One. He also did a film for television called An Olympics and the Disney featurettes from 1983, Winnie the Pooh and A Day for Eeyore and Mickey's Christmas Carol. Wow, that's a lot of Disney. And he did work on things like earlier from like Pete's Dragon, Tron, Return to Oz, and the George Lucas movie Twice Upon a Time. Cool. And a Nutcracker film from 1986 called Nutcracker the Motion Picture. Wow. Yeah. Like I said, it's quite an extensive resume. Yep, I know. He directed a short film called Sea Page in 1981, Slow Bob in the Lower Dimensions in 1991, and Moon Girl in 2005. And that kind of resume earns you the independence to come up with your own films, just like he did with Wendell and Wilde which was the first thing they made by Leica that came out four years before their first film, Coraline. 
Cool. So Coraline was definitely a brainchild of Henry Selleck, and it was a massive success. Yes, that's right. It was their first movie from Leica. And I said earlier, he directed Nightmare Before Christmas and James and the Giant Peach, which both came out in the 90s and were from Disney. Well, he co-directed those films, right? Yep. And the 2001 movie Monkey Bone, which which was a half stop motion, half animated. Right. And Henry Selleck is regarded as kind of a stop motion expert. A lot of these films that he worked on had stop motion components if they weren't entirely stop motion. And as far as I understand, he really does prefer the stop motion animation technique. And I read an interview where he was talking about how lately stop motion films, he believes, have been kind of getting more and more clean and fluid in a way that you can't even necessarily tell the difference between stop motion and CGI anymore or computer animation. So one of his goals was with Wendell and Wild was to make the stop motion kind of forward and, and make sure that it's the stylistic choice of the film and that it's obvious that it's different and not CGI'd or computer animated. I know Henry Selleck did work with Pixar on a film called The Shadow King, which was subsequently shelved, I know, because of the production problems. Right, yeah, that that film I read about too, it had a lot of different back and forth situations and then ultimately has kind of been on pause for five or six years now. And I hope someday maybe it'll see the light of day. I agree, that'd be cool. It has a very enticing name. I'm curious to know what it's about. Yes, I wonder who will revive it. We shall see. But it sounds like Henry Selleck has a lot on his hands in the meantime, including Wendell and Wilde, which I must say I'm very excited about, in part because I'm a huge fan of Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key, who is voicing the other brother, so essentially Key and Peele, the duo, as they were called when they were just YouTubers, the main evil brothers. And then Lyric Ross is voicing the heroine of uh, Cat. I see the main character who's a teenage girl. She is indeed, and she's an edgy one at that. I know. She's actually the main character. She is, yeah. And this film, though you wouldn't quite see it from the trailer, has an interesting tone. As Henry Selleck put it, he said it really straddles a line between comedy, horror, fantasy, and drama. It has all those things. But then it also has this underlying message that humans can be the ultimate monster. And I found a quote from Henry Selleck that I really liked. He said, when there's monsters in a film, you assume they're monsters, but humans are always going to be the worst villains. Which makes me curious to know which humans in the film are indeed the villains of the film. Kind of a foreshadowing teaser. I see, yeah. And I know back in 2013 he announced adaptation of A Tale of Dark and Grim. Which was which was came to Netflix, which I think actually was computer animated, not stop motion animated, and was actually directed by someone else. That's right, I saw that, and his name wasn't on that. He was like originally planned to helm it, but someone else ended up doing it instead. Again, probably because he had other projects going on, huh? Like Wendell and Wilde, where he revives his former glory. How so? Because he hasn't done like big stuff in like years, or now he's doing a big one after all this these years. That's true. And this is a film that probably took a lot of work and therefore a long time to produce. Yeah, I know. And I met Henry Selleck once, and I forgot to mention he did, he was actually an in-betweener for who, the 1988 movie Who Framed Roger Rabbit. 
That's right. That was his first job at Disney. I see. Yeah. But you met Henry Selleck? Yes. Back in around Christmas 2009 at a Borders bookstore, I know, which was a couple years before they closed. I think mostly reasons because of the digital age. What was he doing at the Borders bookstore? Because it was during the Christmas season at the time, they played Alvin and the Chipmunks versions of holiday songs. And that's when the second Chipmunks movie came out. But more importantly, he was having a speech about Coraline. And that was the year it came out. It came out earlier that year, 2009. And he was giving signed copies of of a book about the making of Coraline. And also a DVD, a special edition DVD copy of the movie. Oh, very neat. Do you still have those items? I think I do still somewhere, yeah. I bet you loved that book about the making of Coraline, huh? Which is loosely based on a 2002 horror novella. Right. Coraline, I thought, was one of the scariest animated films I've ever seen, and I thought was way too dark and too scary for the younger audience. Really? Were you scared when you saw it? I was, I guess, but I was a teen when I saw it, and I did see it again. I wasn't so scared But I know audience-wise, it would be too creepy for younger kids. That's right. But they also thought that Nightmare Before Christmas would be too creepy for younger kids. And young kids love that movie. But I understand, though, like, I would say too scary for kids under five. Probably, yeah. What is Wendell and Wilde rated? PG-13. It's his first film to be PG-13 rated because it's a bit more adult-oriented than his previous stuff. Got it. So it's a PG-13 animated film. Makes me want to see it even more. I'm intrigued. Yeah, I know. I know it was made in Portland, Oregon. You mean that's where most of the animation happened? Yes, it was produced in Oregon. Yeah. That's right, by a production company that's the only one to have a female CEO, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, that's great. I know. Leica is also Oregon-based. Cool. And the new Pinocchio film out and Netflix in December is also was also made in Portland. Cool. Wow. So Portland's got some film stuff happening there. Yeah, for more independent, smaller kind of stuff compared to the big league stuff. That's right. And uh, that reminds me, I did want to mention that Netflix is producing this film, and that's significant because I don't think Wendell and Wilde is a movie that Disney necessarily would have produced. It's a little dark. It's a little older. It's a little scarier. Uh, just like Coraline. And so I think it's important that Netflix was the one to pick this up because Netflix has the power of distribution, but also the funding to make a movie like this happen without shying away from the fact that it's not really meant for kids. Yeah, I get it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to mention about Wendell and Wilde or Henry Selleck, Ezra? That I'm looking forward to seeing this film around Halloween and called Wendell and Wilde and showing how Keep how um, Henry Selleck, who I met over a decade ago, is reviving his former glory with a film and doing big stuff again. That's right. An all new film. I'm also looking forward to seeing it a lot. It comes out on Friday the 28th, right before Halloween. So everyone be sure to catch it. Yeah, I know. All right, let's move on into Trivia. <laughs> We have to answer Jordan's question from last week. Yep. Which was, what other Disney animated character makes a cameo in the credit scenes of A Bug's Life? It's Woody from their Pixar's first movie, Toy Story, who was holding the clapper board during the bloopers. So clever. 
Disney referencing Disney. I know. I love I love when there's cameos and credit scenes and stuff like that in the credits of movies. Marvel always does that too, and I love it. Monsters Incorporated during the credits had a cameo of Rex, and in the credits of Cars, there were cameos of characters from other movies from Pixar. So fun. And so this week, we've got a question related to Henry Selleck, or more specifically, a movie that he worked on, James and the Giant Peach. It's also about a cameo. Go for it, Ezra. So what character from The Nightmare Before Christmas made a cameo in James and the Giant Peach? If you think you know the answer, be sure to tune in next week. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Animation and Beyond. Goodbye! Goodbye!